Are you going to put that on your phone, Robert? Are you setting me up to uh, to attack me? Because I'm not doing this if that's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what you do. You attack the people that you love. Okay? Attack Jimmy. Because you'll not. You don't know him. Attack him. Uh, good evening. Oh, you everyone. love me. We're friends. <laughs> good evening. Be nice to me. Good evening. Everyone. I haven't seen you in days. Good evening. This is like an old time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's my. That's good, me. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Comedy Seller Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. And we're here, of course, with Krista Montella. Dan Natterman is. Where is Dan? I'm right I, here. I don't know well, where he you is. know, I, uh, I'm here in spirit. Hey, uh, Jimmy Carr's here. One of my favorites. Robert well, Robert Kelly, the uh, founder of the Riotcast Podcast Network, and. Uh, uh, one of the most important stand-up comedians in the country. He has Sorry, his own self-important. Self, one of the most self-important. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy, for and, clarifying. I was going to say something, but I didn't want to be rude. And sure. we have uh, <laughs> the the uh, fantastic Mr. Jimmy Carr, who is. Um, and this is not the first time that we've been in a situation where we, we've we've interviewed someone who's a like a megastar in another country. Are you still talking about me? I'm no. And and we don't quite know. <laughs> if if you're listening in that other country, obviously I've lied to them. Yes, it's it's true. <laughs> we we dealt with that with uh, Trevor Noah before he was a megastar here, and then recently, who else did we interview that was that we talked about? Um, the guy from France. Oh, God, God, uh, Gad, uh, Gad Alame. Yeah. Uh, Al- I don't remember his last name. So it sounds he's like not he, famous here. It sounds so. like he made a great impression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, know, you know who he is, right? Gad, yeah, I know the yeah, guy, yeah. yeah. He's he was wonderful. This set, the setup here, obviously the listeners won't appreciate, but it looks as if we're listening into East Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> the, the vibe I'm getting here is there's a lot of wires, there's some strange-looking boxes. It really feels... This feels like... the. I, I feel like I'm in the movie The Lives of Others. <laughs> it's like the, and if you get that reference... Why are you listening to this? You're clearly you're it's better than about. this. It's the the conversation, the Coppola movie, the conversation. But anyway, so let me just uh, introduce uh, Jimmy Carr, and I'm just going to read the first uh, paragraph of your your Wikipedia. Is an English stand-up comedian, television host, and actor known for his signature laugh, deadpan delivery, dark humor, and use of edgy one-liners. He's also writer, actor, and presenter of radio and television. And uh, that's that's the I guess the well that that'll have to do and yeah. uh, uh, quiz shows talk shows uh, and and all of it. I also often turn down podcasts, so it's uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, well, SD, you know, I was pretty embarrassed about that because SD made it awkward. I like it. It's kind of fun. Nice to come in early. Why did you make it awkward? <laughs> because I, I listen. SD has has. We've, we've had tremendous success as a club because of this quality of Estes, mm-hmm. but I don't like putting people in a situation where it's awkward for them to say no. Oh, it I was, see. It was, it was very difficult for him to say no in that situation. And my God, I tried. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> well, what about me? What, what about me? Where what else am, are you going to be? Well, I had a... I, <laughs> Jimmy, listen to me. Jimmy, first of all, first of all, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> what's happening in Westchester? Come on, listen, <laughs> listen, you got to you make a valid point, but listen. However, <laughs> nonetheless, however, nonetheless, thank you, Kristen, for I was ne- for saying nonetheless. Well, I figure I'm on your show a lot, and uh, I owe you. Yeah, and you everything. No, so no, actually, the reason is because when we were at my house eating dinner the other night, he was telling me what a huge. This is true. It sounds stupid, but how much he admired Jimmy Carr. Well, we get on very well. I mean, it's a it's a weird thing, actually. You you know, kind of doing. Wait a minute. Get on in America is different than in London. We get along very well. Get on here is me. We we sleep together. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's a stinker. I, I, that's Sorry, get, Jimmy. Get it on. Get it on. Yeah, yeah go we, ahead. we get it on together. Um, <laughs> it's an odd thing. It's an, when you kind of you know coming into the club, especially this club, and and having that you you just kind of bump into people and kind of you realize how similar your job is. It's very different kind of styles of comedians. I do one liners. I feel like an old timey comedian here. Because I do one-liners. No one does jokes here. People talk about their lives. 
which right. strikes me as incredibly arrogant. Why would, <laughs> why would anyone be concerned about your life or what's been going on? Do you understand? I when I when I knew about Jimmy Carr before I met him, and we were on a show together. Uh, actually, uh, what are you doing? Go ahead, go ahead. Stripping go ahead. down. Well, one second I'm talking to you, the next second you're shirtless. At a, go ahead, a, Robert. You're, go ahead. you're on a show together. And I, th- I th- really thought I wasn't going to like you, dude. I was, I was really getting ready to not like you as a human being. Right. Because mm-hmm. I was like, this guy is going to suck. Just And he not only was the funniest guy on a killer lineup, like we're talking everybody. They had a midget getting standing ovations. Right. He would go out after him and just level the place. He was the sweetest guy in the world. Just the nicest guy ever. It feels I, like it feels like we need to. Uh, okay, what's the point of the podcast? What do we do? No, I, I, just this talk, is it. I, this is I, it. Just chatting. We're doing to it. Know you, but I, oh, I, I love it. Now, now Robert is the kind of comedian who really does talk about his life. And, sure. And, and and there is this whole and I and I actually reject it, but there's this whole elitist or I don't know what the exactly the right word is but the comedians today feel like if you're not being honest and talking about your real life experience they don't value for the most part your your comedy it is an odd thing I'm often asked to defend a joke like I'll tell a joke and it, it will have some offensive words in it or it'll be about uh, ostensibly about you know rape or pedophilia or something dreadful in society and it's merely a piece of wordplay for me whereas if anyone else were to talk about it and to go in from that angle of saying this is truth and honesty and my real opinion and I'm a, a soothsayer and I'm trying to tell you something, or t- you know, when you go away from the show, it'll change your perspective. I'm just an entertainer. I'm just trying to make people laugh. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible defense, but it's true. It's just, no, no, just trying to make you laugh. If you didn't find it funny, don't listen. It's not a terrible defense at all. As a matter of fact, I think they need to realize, sorry, they, no, they need to realize I, I, that they're just entertainers also. But I think you're, can that, I say something? It doesn't you're, you're, matter. You're, but you're, you're, you're entertainers. But you're, you, you may care very can much. Can I speak as the comedians that you talk? Not yeah. me, because yeah. I love Jimmy, but... Yeah. I think you're wrong. We, comics, yeah. number one, talent isn't afraid of talent. Talent knows talent. Number two, if, it, if you're funny, you're funny. Right. It doesn't matter if you have a puppet, if you go up yes, and fucking... No, it really doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it, so... You, you say Jim, that, but... But Jimmy... No, look, man, the comics I know know Jimmy and you know the, his style or truth-telling or what Louis does or what Chris does... If it's funny, it's fucking funny. And Jimmy is funny. He's he's hilarious. I, I dare you to watch Jimmy Carr and not... Even if you don't like that style of comedy, he's the best at it. And all of a sudden, you'll just start cracking up and dying. And then he gets you into your thing. I saw you one night. This is a true story. The little guy, midget guy, goes out, gets a standing ovation, dry humps, does all the stuff. He's, you know, Brad, he's crazy. He just does crazy stuff, and he gets a standing ovation. Bridget goes out. You know Bridget. She yeah. just annihilates. She kills. The lady goes, hey, we'll have somebody come up and do, do some time. Just to, He goes, no. Why? He goes, so they, he goes I'm a comedian. I, you, you're mistaking me for somebody who gives a shit. Right. And he just goes out, no fucking time. They just murdered, and he brought the house to a fucking level. But don't level. you find it's very kind of you to say? I feel slightly shy. Um, I find it here, like here. If you go on, Amy went up the other night. Amy Schumer went up the other night, and the audience obviously lost their mind. Right. There's no one hotter right I now. I was in the audience. They, they went great. You, you lost your mind. I mean, you've you've regained some composure now. Well done. <laughs> but they lost their mind, and then whoever goes up next is just the audience aren't thinking. They're not thinking anything other than we've already had a great night. 
they live in the moment. That thing of the next comic up is right. it's great. They're already they're in a place where they want to laugh. Right. Following someone isn't tricky, I think. It's, I, it's more difficult to follow someone well, that's had a I nightmare. Think, I think Norm said it the other day to me. It's in your head. It's it's all it's, your all, head. it's in your head. I've seen so many comedians get psyched out by who they're following. But I'm can like, I, the audience I doesn't say care. One thing, though. The they one just want to see another good act. But no, I want to say this. To be a professional, he he had a transition joke, which you wrote about Lincoln or something. He came. He just had a joke in his head that he wrote. He's like a super fan. Like for, I mean, no, but for that situation, he yeah. was like something like this is like following, you know, this is like going up after Lincoln got shot. You know, yeah. there was some <laughs> terrible joke he said that literally made the audience go click. Oh, we love this guy right. immediately, and he just turned him with a joke. So I'm not saying that. You, you could just go up and follow anybody. I mean, you, Chris, if Chris Rock went in an hour at Madison Square Garden, I'm sure I could not go up and follow him and, and do well, like do great, right? Well, I don't know, but I mean, it depends what the bill is. I mean, I think that thing, if, if they've paid to see that person, I never take a support act on tour because I always think, well, you're just throwing someone to the lions every night. If they've paid to see you, that's what they want to see and nothing else. Uh, uh, you know, I always think that's a very tough thing when someone's gone, all right, we want to see that comedian, and then it doesn't matter who right. else goes I, up. If it's his audience, then it's a little Who supported the scenario? Rolling Stones the other day? You went to see the Stones, right? Uh, there was nobody. Yeah, why would they? Why yeah, would they yeah. bother? It, but it, you know, what Jimmy does too, though, I find, and correct killer. me if I'm wrong, because I am a fucking super fan of you, but you, what you do is you, you tour England Yeah. every year. You go to the same theaters. That your, your fans know that you're coming back next year with a new hour. Yeah. So you... I mean, I know it's a job to all of us, but to you, you're writing jokes for a new hour to go on tour next year to these theaters. Yeah. And they know you're coming. This job, this job is like a joke-eating monster. It just will, it's ravenous. It will not stop. Well, especially for you, too, because you You're getting write, through three a minute. You, yeah. you're, you're going fast. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah can, I, can I ask you a question? You know, um... I saw that Woody Allen American Masters thing a couple years ago, and something he said reminded me actually of you at the time. He said, well, you know, writing jokes, he says, I could always do that. Like, even as a kid, I could always do that. And I'm wondering, because writing one-liners, as you do, seems to me a much rarer talent than being able to go up there and, like, talk about my wife. I, like, I could go up and tell a really funny story about stuff that goes on with me and Juanita. And if I had a, a charisma like he does, I think I could do it. But I don't. You could give me. You could give me. <laughs> but you had any. Kind you could of give me unlimited time, don't and I don't. Ever, I don't think ever I could take come up, that joke away from us again. I don't think I could come up with one one-liner. It's an odd thing. It's a, it's a very odd arcane skill writing one-liners. It's a bit like uh, doing a crossword puzzle. If you like, I think that's a, the, probably the best analogy I've got. If you like working things out. It's working something out. You hear a phrase or you hear a turn of speech that you just think, oh, that's, that's nice. And then you work, you write the punchline first and then work backwards to the joke. But it's, were, it's, were you always able to do it? At what age were you able to do no, that? No, I, I started when I was about 26. Oh, and I was a huge comedy fan. I used to go to lots of comedy. And I thought, well, maybe I could, I could give this a go. And then you, I don't think you get to choose your style of comedy. I think it chooses you. You're right. I think you, you get up on stage and that's, I think... You know, people are talk about truth and being themselves on stage. That's who I am in front of a thousand people. It's me on stage. And I might seem a bit, you know, uptight and trying to get to the point and trying to get to the laugh every second, but that's who I am in front of that many people. So you've always done that style. Yeah, I, ne then, I okay. could never do anything else. I'd be really interested, actually, to, to try... Like, I feel like I've got better as a comedian. The other thing, you kind of grow up in public as a comic. You, you sort of start off 
on, you know, I got on TV fairly quickly and I've done lots of TV shows. So you, you look back at the stuff you've done, you go, well, I'm much better than I was 12 years ago. But maybe in another 12 years, I'll be better again. It'd be interesting to try and change stars, to so try and do an observational comedy show. Because occasionally I'll write an observational bit, but then what I'll do is I'll just pair it back and pair it back and pair it back until it appears as a one-liner. I'll, I'll just now, do, you, do you have to be English to do that? <laughs> I feel like it helps. No, yeah. first of all, but first of all, your one-liners actually are like really, really shorthand observational bits. Sometimes there's a lot of there's a lot of. Pun- I was gonna say there's like something very those not small punches, you know, not hacky about the way you do. I don't know, like it's very you do think it makes you think in a very short. You know, the punchline isn't even obvious, even though you're just saying the punchline. Well, it's a weird thing where you only have to be one beat ahead of the audience with one-liners. Yeah. You want, it's that thing of the, the audience are often thinking, oh, I, I knew he was going to say that. Maybe you didn't, but you right. thought you did. Right. I feel I should warn you before I get started. In my act, there is some bad language. I'm not talking about split infinitives. <laughs> there will be some swearing, and there is some material of a sexual nature. So if you are offended by rude material or cursing, for heaven's sake, don't be a douchebag about it. <laughs> no matter how much you give a homeless person for a cup of tea, you never get that tea. <laughs> My father used to say, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Until the accident. I was filling in a questionnaire. It said, who would you most like to sleep with, anyone living or dead? I put anyone living. (laughs) When people say they hear voices in their heads, as opposed to where exactly? (laughs) Hearing voices in your legs. That's properly crazy. If we're all God's children, what's so special about Jesus? <laughs> I was doing a gig a couple of weeks ago and I got talking to a, one of the girls in the front row. I, I asked her her name. She said, my name's Pataka. I said, that's an unusual name. You don't hear that every day. To which she replied, actually, I do. <laughs> In the pursuit of scientific answers, animals have been tortured for the past 100 years. They're still not talking. (laughs) I'm starting to think they don't know anything. I was out last week collecting for a sponsored walk. In the end, I managed to raise so much money, I was able to afford a taxi. (laughs) Now, I live quite near a remedial school. There's a sign outside. It says, slow children. (laughs) I thought that can't do much for their self-esteem. But look on the positive side, of course, they can't read it. (laughs) Ladies, ladies, if you get a burning sensation when you pee, I can tell I'm not going to win any new friends on this bit, am I? Ladies, if you get a burning sensation when you pee, it could be one of three things. It could be a urinary tract infection, it could be a bushfire, <laughs> or it could be someone's talking about your vagina. <laughs> I 
it's that lovely thing of how all jokes work in the same way. Observational comedy can be analysed in the same way, but it can't be written in the same way. It's that thing, all jokes are two stories, and the first story makes you make an assumption that turns out to be erroneous in the punchline. It's the sudden revelation of a previously concealed fact. Am I being? Am I being no, sort of? Wow. No, yeah. Yeah. Explain some stuff to Robert, maybe. No, no, no Rob, Robert's record. So, so <laughs> that just made me. I mean, that was just. I mean, one of the most elegant ways I've ever heard anybody explain stand-up comedy. Elegant. <laughs> Did I say elegant? Yeah. What did I say? You put elegant and eloquent together. Yeah, eloquent. <laughs> eloquent. With a very oh, bu bush, yeah. George no, Bush-like elegant. Listen, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, it's an animal with a huge trunk. I was going to say, it's a very <laughs> elephant way. Can we start over? <laughs> elegant. <laughs> I like it. I the inherent, the inherent well, irony. Just, the inherent can irony. I, can I say something? Can I say, the reason why I, 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 got, I got nervous because you both went like this. You were both looking like everybody. Like, is he gonna say it? Everybody was so like, "Go ahead, Robert. We're with you." And I, I was like, "Charlie Brown." Yeah, you yeah you're so good with you're you, so good with verbs. <laughs> I really stink. So, but I want to. I, I was going to ask a couple more questions. I'm gonna let you guys talk whatever you want because I'm I'm very intrigued with talent. Are you leaving? No, I'm just saying because I know this. May, this interest probably interests me more than other people, but I really am intrigued with this. So prior to age 26, yeah. did you think, did you feel compelled to be funny, a comedian? Did you think you had a talent for it? No, it's a, it's a strange thing. I got quite well known for, not so much here, but back at home I'm known for dealing with hecklers. There's a real tradition in stand-up comedy. And I, I noticed here, there, you know, uh, a comedy underground or the cellar, you, you're playing here. If someone so much as gets out of phone, the staff are on them and shushing them. And I had friends in last night and they were, they were shushed and rightly so, chatting away. And it's like in the UK, people heckle, people shout shit out during shows. And I got quite well known for putting them down. And that's really how I got into comedy, I think. Because my group of friends, it was all about being mean to each other. It was all, you know, and it, it wasn't like I was better at it than they were. Mark, that's what friendship was at college and school. It was about that kind of slightly barbed comment. And, 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 you, kind and of you, didn't, winning. You, you didn't think you were better at it than they were? No, everyone was funny. Growing up, everyone had a great sense of humor. Maybe I was, I was better at kind of, um, yeah, no, I was better at it, yeah. You were better. <laughs> I don't want to be a dick about it, but yeah. Because like, comparing it to music, like, you know, that like Paul McCartney was like always writing songs, like at 14, he apparently wrote, right? But Keith Richards in his autobiography, I talked about this one time. Oh no, yeah, I, remember, I read it. It's an incredible piece where he just goes, the, the manager locked him in a room and went, you can't just do covers. Yeah, you two write a song in a kitchen. He didn't. Here's this guy walking around one, who has the ability to be one of the greatest songwriters, at least rock songwriters ever, and he has no idea of it. It's not coming out of him. He doesn't feel compelled to do it. It's not like it's uh, overflowing in him. He only did it because somebody said, hey, go do it. Well, I, I slightly feel that about stand-up, the idea that, you know, doing a new show every year and touring every year. I think, I think how many jokes wouldn't I have written if it was every three years? Because you only, you know, it's, it's that kind of Parkinson principle of like the, the, the task expands to fill the time you give it. Right. So if I said, oh, it's a new hour of comedy and it's got to be ready in two years' time, I'd have an hour in two years. If I said it's six months, I'd get it done. What do you, what, like, do you wake up and go to your office and write jokes or no. what do you do? I edit. So the editing is the writing process, really. For me, I write down everything I think of and I try, that Disney thing I think is really inspirational. So Disney used to have three rooms, I mean, three, you know, actual spaces. So he used to have a room where he would be creative and all he would do is be creative. He wouldn't, he wouldn't edit it. He wouldn't, he wouldn't say that's never going to work. He wouldn't say that's a bad idea. He would just write everything down. And then he would have another room where he would um, decide what was a good idea and what was a bad idea and be critical. 
and then he'd have another room thinking about the practicalities of how to get it done. What if I only have like a three-bedroom ranch? <laughs> You're in all kinds of trouble. Oh, shit. <laughs> but the but kind of an analogy for kind of going, you write everything down because you don't know. I never know until I try it in front of an audience. I think that Lenny Bruce thing really rings true for me. The idea that an audience is a genius. The audience get... So you can think, I've been writing jokes for years, and you can get on stage and say something, and the audience just go, no, no, that's just a sentence. Yeah. Right. That's nothing. Right. That's not, that's not it. And then you think, well, that's definitely going to work. No. I've never... And it's so universal. It's like in a room of 100 people or 3,000. It doesn't matter. Do you ever get mad at the audience? No, I think, I mean, it's, they're, kind of, they're just infinitely wise. They know whether well, they're... What's well, the point in saying something if it's not funny? Well, we see comedians, we know them, they will stick with a, with a joke over and over and it will not work and they right. will not go off it and they resent the audience for not laughing. Well, sometimes, I never understood well, that. Well, sometimes, look, I've done jokes where it didn't work and then I kept with it and all of a sudden it works. Well, you didn't keep at it in the form that you first tried it. You, you keep tinkering with well, it until you mean, get it to work. it was literally one sentence that I was saying wrong and instead of saying them, I said me and then all of a sudden they accepted it. Well, it's a weird thing that, isn't it, when you're, when you're I think with some of your bits as well, where it's the the thing that I enjoy about watching it kind of multiple times is the, it's the performance. It's the way that you're hitting those beats. Right. It feels very lugubrious. It feels like when you're on stage, especially kind of when you lean into the back wall here, it yeah. feels like it's just a guy, he's one of us, he's just having to get up. Um, but then the, the, the discipline, I look very disciplined on stage because it's one liner after one liner, but you're doing exactly this, you're hitting the same marks right. in, a, in a like a, a 20 line story it's exactly the same right. every time right. and those and it's the magic of those pauses and the oh it's exactly you're dropping that line at exactly the right time right and it yeah it's like i used to have that that joke about walking through the uh, black lives matter rally and i would say the lady said if you think black lives matter raise your hand i raised my hand and i say if you think black lives matter say black lives matter 11 times and i did the joke where i went I went 11, no, people went, ooh. I changed it to, I heard a black guy go, 11? Everybody loves it. Like, it's not, like, every, black, everyone is, it was just, it was just a simple. And that's really a message for America. Say the black guy did it. Right. There you <laughs> that's, go. That's what we, I tried to we it do. It always works. <laughs> we do. Listen, <laughs> but, you, but, but it is just, it's psychological sometimes for them to laugh. You have to just change. You have to say, okay, I get it. Let, let's change it. Change it to this. Oh yeah, I get it. It's the same fucking joke. Uh, yeah, like it's sort of the same joke, but yeah. But but I I did laugh the second, the second time. Yeah, yeah, because it is a lot of times. That's the whole joke. <laughs> it's way too many times to say Black Lives Matter in a rally. <laughs> Two is good. You know what I mean? Eleven. Well, it's also funny to hear you imitate it's, a black it, guy saying eleven times. It that, just that's feels funny on its own. It just feels very specific as well. If it was ten, that would not be bad. Ten is yeah, fine, reasonable. Yeah. It feels decimal. Times. Yeah, it feels yeah. like if you just say it, say it eleven times and then say it really quietly uh, once. Eleven. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. No, that's how you end. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. <clears throat> Good night. Good night. Uh -huh. Well, Colin used to tell me. I remember <laughs> when I I used to when I first started here was all energy. I mean, you. just energy. Oh my As God, Robert used to have a bit about imitating a female orgasm, oh. which was the single funniest thing I've ever seen anybody do. I'd love to see that. I've never heard He won't one. do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, I mean, it was, it, and, and it would drain him afterwards. Well, I, I, it was just a terrible hacky bit. But it's not, I would, why was it hacky? That's, well, that's, I, that's exactly what I'm saying. Why me, was it hacky? For me, um... I, I, I can't defend the bit because I don't remember it totally, 
You know what I mean? There are some bits <laughs> that I can defend that were, I think, uh, ju- you know, not juvenile, but like just easy or yeah, just easier at the beginning. You know what I mean? For, for me, but I remember like Colin Quinn used to tell me, "You want to for what I you know perform right, have it all, try to do it all." You know what I mean? For a guy like me, so it's like okay, I could perform and have perform and have charisma. But, okay, where is a punchline going to go? And I kind of had to hide my punchlines inside of these stories. Because he has punchlines, too, like you were saying before. But my punchline, you know, is kind of hidden in the guy, say, the character, whoever I'm fucking doing. And it, and it looks like it just occurred to you. Right. Remember that bit about finding food in your house? She hides food. And it's in the, we live in a two bed. You yeah. really think I'm not going to find it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's behind the cereal. Oh. Yeah. yeah the, but, the, the, but the word the Hershey's that Kiss the, one. Yeah. Where I go, the, <laughs> now I'm eating the whole bag. It's going to look like somebody blew the Tin Man in the kitchen the next day. Isn't it flattering <laughs> to know that he, mem- that he remembers your joke so well? But this that one, makes you feel good, right? Tell, Admit it. I, it does make me feel great. But I'll, I'll tell you what Jimmy does. He does. And he punched guy, it up for you. A guy like Jimmy, <laughs> a guy like Jimmy, though, you know, he, he yeah, look. He's from England. One of the best fucking joke writers ever. He's a fucking. He's actually oh, has a billion dollars. He, did you know he's a billionaire? He has the great political theorist Jim Norton, by the Jim way. Norton, yeah. <laughs> but he's uh, yeah. You're not a billionaire. Uh huh. Jimmy, what's up? Hey man, how are you? Uh, he was just uh, quoting your political theory uh, to me about voting for Trump. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a lot of respect for your uh, um, political acumen. Bobby, thank you. are 100 percent right. No, oh, I was Jimmy does. I, I have no Bobby, idea. really? Bob, <laughs> you thought Bobby? Yeah, made I that just comment? fucked up the word eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> I said eloquent. Oh, I think you said someone yelled at you as you walked by. Hey, eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jim Norton, everyone nailed it. Nailed it. So go ahead, Robert. I'm sorry, you were saying. But that's Jim, if you want. Hey, hey you know what? Go but fuck oh, yourself, Gnome. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead, Robert. Finish after that good one. I'm not fucking finished. Go, go fuck yourself. We move on. That's, I'll move that's, on, Robert. That's called the trip. A transition, I, uh, dum-dum. I'm God. afraid that you define but, hacky as, in, in, in real sense, as what you think your peers won't respect. No, 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 no. You can't define hacky of what you think other people will, will, will like or not. You, you, who the fuck knows? You have I to said respect. But, respect, okay. whatever. Respect yeah. or like. But there's things that I did back in the day that I didn't like. To, I didn't like. Because it all depends on who you admire as comedy. Because I would, I would watch Patrice and Burr and Norton... I watched them become better comedians, and I was like, oh, my God. They actually said something that made me listen, like, as a comedian. I was like, I remember the first time when I worked with Patrice, and we were co-headlining, and I realized, oh, my God, I was just on Patrice's show. This wasn't my show. This was, he went up, I killed, but he went up after me and did something else, something better than what I did. Just there was something I was just watching, like fuck. Well, he had a philosopher but aspect he, to him. But which he was, was, but no, he he became that. Yeah, he wasn't that. Patrice was doing weird shit for a little while, like fucking college hacky jokes and doing weird shit. And then he something happened with him. Are he you would familiar go through, with him? He would go through dress yeah, phases we, we too. He never to. knew what he wanted to be when he grew up. Like he would wear like all the the the, the baseball or the, what was it, the hockey uniforms or the yeah, the, yeah the, rings the, the rings. Yeah, or the, he uh, dressed like he had a barbecue sauce once. Yeah, just yeah, really hats. weird shit. He'd go through these when phases. He pa- when he passed away, we all got a hat. Yeah, I still have it. I have mine. Yeah, mine's up in the studio. It's oh, we all got Patrice hats because he he was changing all the time, all the fucking time. But I think, like for me too. I mean, Norton has changed a uh, uh, 
a bunch too. He's he's not the same comic he was ten years ago. Yeah, you know now you can see that he can take whatever and literally take a topic and throw it in his thing, and then it comes out. That's a Jim Norton joke. Yeah, you, you take any idea, you mix it with AIDS, and you spit it out to forty paid customers. <laughs> and then you, then you, you put "Hi, Daddy" at the end. <laughs> It's interesting the thing you say about performance, though, because I quite like the idea of jokes being almost magic. It's almost like you're a drug dealer. Yeah. The audience already has the drugs on them, yeah. and they're releasing endorphins, and all you're saying is like this perfect little spell. And the idea, if you could write a joke good enough that anyone could say those words in that order, you would have, you would have to bring nothing to the party. You could have Stephen Hawking. You could type it into his machine. Boom. It's a great joke. Great joke. You're friends with Stephen, huh? Yeah. You're like good friends, right? Yeah, we know each other, yeah. Yeah, you know a lot of famous people, right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That I've seems seen, fair. Yeah, What's very nonchalant <laughs> about it. If I knew Stephen, I'd be like, I'd have to show you pictures of him. I'd have a shirt with me and him on it. Well, well you, you know, you know uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, I don't. I, <laughs> I do. actually don't. He no, does. No. He, yeah. he called him. What'd you call him? Uh, I, 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 Neil, <laughs> we, Neil you know Michael. Neil. No, he. I have no out. idea who you're talking about. Okay, he's, he's the him? famous black uh, physicist or astronomer. Uh, was astronomer, uh, physicist. Yeah, he's like one of the smartest guys walking. He's, the, he's he runs the Hayden Planetarium in New York. He's the he's, head yeah, of so okay. they, they, he was on Opie. He does uh, Cosmos, right? He, 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 he Cosmos, yeah. Cosmos. Carl Sagan's also. Yeah. He was on Jim's show, the radio show with Opie and and whatever, and Anthony at the time, and it was very serious science talk and <laughs> space talk, and I just went. <laughs> can you show him a picture? You bring yeah, up a picture. Yeah, yeah. I went. Uh, so how, just I broke just to break it up. I read. Oh, so how does it feel out. to be, uh, you know, how was it being on the love boat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robert. I mean, come on. It is funny. I mean, Isaac. <laughs> oh my god! And nobody <laughs> laughed because it's disrespectful. Oh fuck! We're on a comedy show. It isn't NPR. Oh, no, it, you got a guy. It was funny. It was funny. But the reason I didn't laugh, I wasn't offended by it. I just did. I all I wanted to do was listen to Neil Tyson, and that was. But there was no bad read. It was a funny line. It was a funny line in hindsight. But at the moment, I'm just like the the just genius is talking. And that's all I can. It's focus a funny on. line, but a funnier story. Like no. it's, it's a funnier. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was. I thought it was gonna kill. Isn't, that's that the, the, isn't that the wonderful thing though about being a comedian? You can have an awkward, horrible situation like that, and you go, "That'll be funny later." Yeah. yeah. Just just add some time. <laughs> put that in the bank. That's gonna be fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. There's actually. I think having a funny story about. A tragic situation sometimes can be better than actually it being funny. I remember one time we were doing a gig with Norton, and uh, I had been killing at this college. I mean, I went there three times and just annihilated. Went there and had SUNY Delhi. SUNY Delhi. I go with Jim. I think I'm going to kill. I go out, say one wrong thing to the black, wrong black girl in the front row. It was a doozy, though. <laughs> what you say? Uh, hang on. Hang on. What did you? Uh, <laughs> no, what no. did you say? <laughs> Wrong yeah. what did one you say, I didn't know they one switched little, from no. One I little no consonant-loaded word. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you remember what he said? Uh, no, I was implying one. I was just joking. Oh, no, 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 but do, do remember. you remember? Yeah, no. Good. I forget what I, I said. I just said I called her a sister. Or something. I go, you sisters. I was being. I was just trying to assimilate because I was uh, nervous and it wasn't going well out of the gate. So I thought I'd do a little crowd work, and they weren't having it. And I literally tanked. And I went upstairs and I was like, oh, at least Jim's going to tank too. Because this crowd stinks. And I always tanked there. Because that was like an urban school. Always tanked. Buddy, he went out and annihilated. Like, he killed. Killed every single joke. I was just up there. I was still sweating and breathing heavy. (laughs) 
So should I? I should write this down. Don't say something racist to a girl in the front row. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a Jimmy, good note. It wasn't racist. Now let's not get carried away. No, it was. It was that you had bombed, and so like, well, sometimes if somebody bombs, wh whoever is not that person, the crowd will give the benefit of the doubt to, just because they didn't like him, so they like just being he, humble. No, no, but if he had done well, I would have he, died. Here's the, died. Here's the best part, though. We as we're going home, I'm like, you know, I'm really sad and I'm hungry. I just want something to eat because we didn't eat. And he's like, no, I got to go home. We got to go. It's raining. I got to get home. I got to get home. I'm like, dude, can we just... Now, all of a sudden, we see adult bookstore. Eat! Goes over the highway. The fucking highway where the cops go to pull into the adult bookstore to go jerk off in a peep booth. Well, I figured I could do Michelle. that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, I was, I, I, yeah, some I, people don't have timing. No. <laughs> Are you fucking... You're the worst. You're the worst at it. I know. I know. I don't have... I know. She was at the Oscars. I, I was know. trying to do it off mic. I'm sorry. I'm I know. sorry. I know. Too, go no, ahead. It's okay. okay. It was, Usually when people are looking... Right, we get two guys looking at you telling you a story, and you go, Michelle... I plead guilty. I saw Michelle there. I mean, when it's you, though. I was nervous about her. I'm sorry, Joe. Don't be. Hi, Michelle. Robert, what? I didn't hear... What'd you say? I said, when it's you, it's We easy heard to you. Shut up. <laughs> we get it. You're I on was... a plane to the Oscars, you stupid Instagram. Oh, sometimes life can really get you. Ugh. I Go said ahead. life was awesome, I... you piece of shit. I know. <laughs> so now you're back here. Sometimes having sensitivity is, is a handicap, Robert. But we'd invited Michelle to come on the show, and I right. just realized, I don't know how long she'd been sitting there. Oh, just was, like five minutes. And I was concerned that, oh, we invited her, and she's sitting there, and, and it's it was rude. A, no, you it was a, a joke. Again. Okay. So, it was a joke about so, timing. So Move so, the fuck on. Michelle Wolf has joined us, and she was a writer for the Oscars. Yeah. And I, and I think the Oscars were quite well received. Am I correct? I think so. Uh... I like. I think immediately after it was well received, and then the, after like the next day or two, some think pieces came out. What, what did they which say? Which were always I think, dumb. I think we can't write a full piece about this being good, so we <laughs> we have to write a piece about not liking it. Yeah, I, I mean, mean they've got to fill three thousand words. They have to. They can't say this was great. Yeah, I mean, what some, didn't they like? What were their objections? Well, some of them said that he didn't do enough for diversity. Okay. Um, and then some Christ. people. There was a. We did a joke about. Uh, Accountants being Asian. Oh yeah. And people didn't like that. It's just pathetic. Like it's the so idea that you can't say anything right. Yeah. Um, it's so like if first of all, we're all wearing or using something that was made by a small Asian child right now. Yeah. So the idea that you get mad that you call an Asian kid good at math is so dumb. <laughs> I wish people were like, oh, you know, women, they're they're so good at math. You know, like, like I love that stereotype. Well, and, and the uh, and the joke about the fact that small Asian children made it is actually a social commentary in a way. It's, it's, exactly. It's, I mean, you're smart. You understand? It's a criticism of that. It's yeah. Not, yeah. So it's not, I don't think you have to justify. I don't, I think as soon as you get into explaining a joke, you're in all kinds of trouble. Just yams. Yeah, but we thought it was funny. Good luck. Yeah. You didn't like it. You were offended. Oh well. Never mind. I, I, I just a fancy way of saying my feelings were hurt. I I, I agree that that you're that if I were in your shoes, I could see that if it. Explaining yourself is is a no-win situation. Yeah, but just you can't. but not having to explain it, but just observing it. Sometimes somebody is actually twisting the meaning of what you said and using it against you. Yeah, and it's because they're too stupid to realize what you really meant. In a case about the Asian yeah. uh, kids making electronics, that's not a joke at the expense of Asians. It's a joke at the expense of Western culture. Using Asians as a as the example, I yeah. that's why I take it exactly. Uh, it's also people, their feelings weren't hurt. They just want to complain. Mm. 
Yeah, like it's, they, a, it's a fun it's thing to do. Like, Everyone's opinion now matters. Yeah. Which means no one's opinion matters. Well, yeah. Jim wrote a whole column on that for Time magazine about the uh, the uh, delicious feeling of self-righteousness or whatever oh, yeah, you put it. I forget it. what it was. It's Trevor Noah, I think, when Trevor got in trouble. That really annoyed me. People just like it makes them feel it's it's a feeling you get of control I think. Yeah. What was the ear what was the earpiece thing? What was that all about? The what? He had an earpiece and it fell out. Why was why did he have an earpiece? I don't know why he did. I don't well, know if it was so he saying? could hear they, himself. Feeding him or, jokes? No, I don't know if it was so he could hear himself or some, what it was. Well, it might have been you got a rapper well, who knows, you know, there might have been something if there was a time stretch if you know a live TV. No, the, so they so that what like, like he can't because there's no monitors or anything on stage. Yeah, I don't know if he could hear. How, how like, terrifying would that be if, if it was someone in his ear going, "Could you just stretch?" <laughs> Brad Pitt is not ready yet. Could you just do another five? There definitely I don't know. wasn't someone Wait, talking to him. In there the was. Earpiece. Did you notice it? He had a thing in his ear the whole time. Then it fell out and he fucking caught it. I did see that. Yeah. And then he threw it. Right? Yeah. He just threw it on the ground. And then... Oh, that made me happy. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to add a little... <laughs> that, was the actual, that was the earpiece. I, I didn't watch the Oscars. It was like a Tom Papa show. <laughs> no. um, nothing? Um, yeah, it was weird. It was, you could see it just sticking out of his head, too. It was like... like You couldn't not look at it the whole time. I didn't notice it until it fell out. And I'm guessing it might have been, uh, like you said, a monitor. Or if he, uh, if he got stuck, if somebody could have fed him one... You know, did they have a monitor going? They had through? a monitor with bullet points. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah. Well, I bet it's that thing for, you know, if something goes wrong, if, if someone gets shot or something terrible happens, they want to be able to communicate with him. They don't want to, what was the Miss World recently where the guy announced the wrong winner? Yeah. Yeah. That guy should have Steve had an Hardy. Steve Hardy. Well, he would have still announced the wrong winner. <laughs> but they would have they would have told him immediately. He would have corrected it immediately or something. Yeah. No. Obviously, in this day and age, as a producer, if you can have the ability to whisper in the ear of your performers without the audience knowing, why wouldn't you want yeah, but that ability? Well, as a comedian, though, if you're doing like your act and you don't have a monitor, he's probably, he, Chris is definitely used to having a monitor, hearing himself, hear how loud he is, yeah. hearing when beats are, and it's his. If you don't have that, it could fuck you up, especially what he, you know. Delivering the way he delivers it, he probably needs to hear. Well, he must have heard it in the hall as well, no? Yeah, but sometimes, like I, you do a shitty club and there's no monitor, you don't hear yourself. Right. It can fuck up your time. Also, that that room is just. I mean, the reason yeah. this club works is it's the low ceiling. Yeah. It's the perfect atmosphere for comedy. That room is just airspace. So all the it's like playing a symphony hall. So the audience could be having a great time and you could be fairly unaware of it on stage. Because it's such a big space. Yeah. The laugh right. just dissipates. And it's a time delay, even from the back of the room yeah. to the. I thought it was great. What, it must be an amazing thing to be kind of, to see the joke. You've got two or three in there, right? And it's a couple, yeah. But like to see that go out, to, you know, and they always quote can the thing. Can you not say go, what you did? I mean, I think I can. I don't know. <laughs> so go ahead, go ahead. Sure, what joke did you do? Um, the Asian kids? The Asian kids was mine. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was mine, yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> was I right about there was a joke yeah, about Western culture? Yeah, it was 100% a joke about. Uh, okay. And, and the, I, I don't know, the whole idea that people get mad about that kind of stuff is First just First of all, like, it probably wasn't one Asian person that complained. No, no, the they joke. did, they did. Uh, really? Uh, Jeremy Lin complained. Uh, uh, they they had that perfect tag as well. <laughs> what was the tag the again? Tag, the tag was, if you're mad about this, tweet about <laughs> yeah. it on the phone that the, these kids also made. Right. It's like a perfect tag because you... I can't tweet about it now. What else did you write? Um, I had the sorority racist. That's the most. That was the. That's the the joke that was most lauded. Yeah, it was. Uh, You're a piece of shit. That was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, that, was a yeah, yeah. that was a you. wonderful. That was a wonderful joke. Piece of shit. Yeah, thank you. No, really. I, I when I read that, I went, well, that's really good. Which that re joke was that? I saw the Oscars, but it was the uh, it's the fact that Hollywood is racist, but they're not like oh, like a sorority. Right. Yeah, the sorority racist. Tell the whole joke because it was really it was really perfect. Um. 
it's like they're not like burning cross racist. They're like they're sorority racist. It's like we like you, Rhonda, but you're not a kappa. Right. Yeah. Would you would you really hit the nail on the head? Thanks. I, 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 I thought the joke was great too. It was we. It's weird though. You must feel like a million dollars. I mean, that's the joke. That that is the one line which has gotten the most uh, been repeated the most. I I was I'm, I'm really, and gotten the most respect. I'm really happy with the whole experience. Was great. I mean, like literally, like I. I How come you flew back that night? Because if I was I invited had to, to the work Oscars. tomorrow. I had to work yesterday. You had to work yesterday. Yeah, I work at Seth Meyers, and so I had, you had to, to work. Get, so they wouldn't give you a day off. I didn't. I had a whole the... week off before. I had oh, a week okay. off during the Oscars, and anytime Seth's done any award show, like Golden Globes or anything like that, he always flies back on a red eye that night, and he's in work on in the morning. So if he does it, I couldn't. I didn't feel like I could be like, but can I have a day to party? You know, like. Yeah. But, but so you had to leave. Right I, after the Oscars. I went to the uh, governor's ball for about a half hour, and then I had all my stuff packed. It was in the hotel, so I just grabbed my stuff and went to the airport. Did you get a gift basket? No, they don't do them anymore. I am so proud of you. Thank you. Or, or, I, I, don't, I don't know if that sounds kind of, but I mean, like, I really, like, those those two lines are the, are the two key lines Did, of the night. Oh, thank you. I was, I mean, I'm very happy. I was... I mean, in general, it was great to be a part of it, but I also, I had really wanted to, I selfishly really wanted to get something on, and I was very happy that I That's did. selfish. I feel did, a little um, bit, I'm a, I, you know what, I'm a little bit disappointed in just the, in the work ethic. I feel, <laughs> I feel it's a very strong work ethic. If we were doing a podcast about accountancy or uh, the legal business, I think that would be, that would be fine. But the idea that you came back to work just feels like it's not in the spirit of what we do. Oh, you know. I think, have I'm you considered a drug problem? I, I just think <laughs> you've, got all this, you've got all this talent and youth, and I just feel like <laughs> if you don't distract yourself a little bit, what are you going to do? Well, you know, I'm unable to love, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, you mentioned you're a stand-up comedian. We got that. Right. Actually, funny, because you, you said, it was you, had to be you, who said to me one time that if you had to... Uh, you had one question to ask a girl at the bar that would tell you everything you needed to know about that girl. Yeah. It's what, what, what's your relationship with your father like? Or? Yeah, it's the, if you have one, one question, if you want to, I mean, if you want to be a, if you want to pick someone up in a bar, that's the only question you need to ask. How do you get on with your father? You agree with that? I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I've never that picked fit, up a girl feels, at the bar. I wasn't, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why that came because up. Because she I said was, she I was not hitting on her. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Do you, yeah. what, did you like the Oscars? Did you? I mean, I, 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 I didn't watch it, but I like. I actually shut it off for the first yeah, time I, ever. I stopped watching it because I thought upfront, funny, great. I loved it, but then it was like, all right, fucking, I get That's it. That's the way it yeah. usually is. You know, it, but I was like, no, it was, it was, very... it was like the whole uh, "there's not enough black people" thing. I was yeah. like, you guys did it. You got it. It was funny. Right. Now I feel like I'm watching CNN. I feel like I'm watching. Now it's like, what the fuck? Well, I it's what Sasha I... Baron Cohen's line was very good. What did he say? He said, uh, he said, you know, that he came on as Ali G and basically said, he did his Ali G pit and then went, uh, and went, what about what about that great uh, black guy in Star Wars, Darth Vader? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really funny line. I think Louis. I think Louis. That was really Louis. Probably my favorite. I think it was the funniest thing. I agree. What I think Louis it was do? the funniest thing I, all night. I love Louis thing. I. I agree, but I also think it's a lot easier to come in, do a short bit, and leave. Right. No, absolutely. You know, like, I mean, like, well, because but that's the same. Like, I feel like that happens all the time at award shows where, like, can I we just when stop we did, it and just appreciate the guy wearing an ascot. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> when we were when we did the Emmys with Seth, uh, Jimmy Kimmel came on and did a really funny thing, and then left. And everyone was like, "That was the funniest part," and it's like, "Yeah," because it's 
it's so much two easier minutes. to be funny for two minutes. Well, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not comparing that. I'm not saying that it's, you know, f- f- I think Chris was great. I think it was great, but I think it was just. But Louis' thing was uh, very he, pertinent what, to the what show. Did Louis also, what did Louis do? What did Louis, Louis came out and basically had uh, had to introduce the shortest doc. And he goes, look, this is very important. This it is was, the, it was not the, the shortest. shortest. Well, well, uh, <laughs> the best documentary. Best short documentary. Short documentary. <laughs> shortest, <laughs> short documentary. <laughs> documentary short. long. <laughs> Three seconds. Document- this one was even shorter. <laughs> he, did a, he did an elegant presentation of the shortest doc. <laughs> Listen, I, uh, it was uh, documentary short, Still right? Still drink? <laughs> <laughs> if you drink that, I would fucking love you forever. Uh, can we get her another coffee, please? Can we get Michelle another coffee? I stuck my fingers so, in What was coffee. his joke? He said that this is the most important uh, Oscar of the night because the you only- guys get them, you're all millionaires. You get to go home and be millionaires. This guy who wins this, so this woman, drives home in a Honda Civic. And like, this is like really, he makes no money. He has to worry about having this Oscar in his shitty apartment. Like this is the best Oscar. He's really it gonna. Was, and it was like also the idea that the these are, they're actually movies that like can make a difference. Yes. Because right. people will watch something for 15 minutes about a serious subject, like yes. Ebola or whatever. So the most but, important movies go home in a Honda Civic and the. the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was very funny, but he did it in Louis' way. I thought it was hilarious. It was, it was fantastic. But isn't that a weird thing about award ceremonies where no matter who's presenting, it's not about you. It's kind of about, you know, present awards occasionally back home. And that thing of it's, it's never about you. It's about the winners that night. So it's kind of, you do your opening monologue and then it's kind of, there's two hours of just kind of, it's the rest of the awards and it's their night and it's Leo's night and it's, it's everything. Well, that first 15 minutes is always the best bit. And then... Well, ah. I also, I think hosting yes. an award show in general is a thankless job. Like, I yeah. think it's just something that's like, at best, people are going to say it was fine. You know, like there, there's always going to be tons of criticism. It's also just over afterward, and um, I also think it's just he signed up to do this before all of this stuff happened. Yeah, which so was it wasn't great. like he didn't want to be in this position. He just was in it. He, he's lucky he was, I believe. I mean, I, I don't know if I, I would say it's. Le- I think he that, was that, that a challenge good person was a to great was a great. Uh, well, otherwise you would have been. You know, it's it's revenant jokes for an hour. Yeah. yeah. And also with some of the movies that are nominated, it's like you're making jokes about a film that a lot of people at home won't have seen. Yeah. Like people in the room have seen it, and then you're trying to do some Carol material, and people are going, "Okay, oh, good luck." Well, yeah, were you like, given? Were you given? Hold, like, hold were you given? Or, like, you? We need race. We need jokes about this. Or did you just say, "Fuck it, I'm writing these jokes about race." So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he gave us some direction about stuff he wanted to do, you know, oh, did, like, okay. and, and I had seen him here a bunch. <laughs> um, he came here to work stuff out all the time. Well, so that yeah. I was, I want to say two things. First of all, I think he was lucky to have that situation in the same way. Like, uh, you can only be a great president if you're president at a difficult time. He, mm. he had a very difficult situation and because he knocked it out of the park, he, he accomplished something he would have never been able to accomplish. Well, I time. thought the last time he presented the Oscars when he did the Jude Law bit, was the edgiest and funniest. I remember watching that at home and just thinking, this is unbelievable. I don't, what was the bit? It was a, it was a whole bit about wait for a star. If you can't get a star for your movie, wait. you got to wait. Don't put Jude Law in another movie. It was, oh. it was really, it was just kind of, it was very honest in a real skewering kind of, and it was, yeah. I know it, that was like the bit that springs to mind, but there was like four or five bits in it. He was, he's amazingly funny at, at, at doing that. I, I'm amazed they what, had him back. But don't, was, don't you think that these, I mean, it's. I shut it off last night because I'm like, look, if you're not going to take it serious, I'm not. Like, Os- the Oscars used to be this grand thing, and then it became this thing where we kind of made fun of it a little bit, and we made fun of the stars, but they still 
did their actor thing where you kind of were like, had, you know, and it was like, oh, no, now it's like, all they do is just say these fucking idiots and their money and their fucking Oscars and this shit don't matter and fuck it and fuck it and. You know, and it's like it's like it's lost all of its sparkle. Kind well, of. I, wait, 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 I just want to say my other point to tell me what you guys think. What, what I've always what I've objected to for a long time is that the function of a host has changed, and I don't think for the better. The host used to come out and do some kind of monologue. Yes. And then basically the rest of the night was either song and dance, which like Billy Crystal, or reacting in the moment to what was going on. Canned material now becomes the the norm, but almost the entire show. And it just becomes more talking and canned material on top of a layer of the, the award winners' canned material and the award presenters' canned material, where Johnny Carson would come out and do his monologue, and then the rest of the night he would wing it and he would make jokes about everything that was going on, and that felt good. Yeah. And I don't think stand-up comedy is the best qualification for hosting. Well, well, here being an MC, it's not the same function. Well, I think like when Billy Crystal did it, it was more of a show. Right. He would come out and sing and dance, and well, but I think that, that and respond in the moment. That Hugh, is Hugh gone. Jackman did that a couple of years ago. Where yeah. you know he comes on, he does a song about all the movies, right. and there's a big da 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 song and dance man thing. I think, I mean, for for my money, I'm not particularly interested in watching that. Chris like going it. out there and doing jokes, and it's quotable, <laughs> and it's it feels like the next day they've kind of nailed the issue. Or that's yeah, the first that, fifteen minutes. But is that? Yeah. The, but what is, about an hour two? You remember when Bill Crystal yeah. made fun, of, made fun of Jack Palance making push, doing push-ups, and or you know they. Yeah, but is the Oscars the place to fucking make a state a political statement? I mean, it's a bunch. He had of, no choice. Yeah, but it's a bunch of people. I, I know Chris did, and he had to do what he had to do. Yeah. But everyone was making their own statement. Yeah, but it, it was. A, it's become a, a fucking what? platform now yeah. to the environment, Indians, it's been Spanish, yeah, black, election, it, where, election year. You know, though, back in the day, so. it was a show. It was a time to take all this shit, sit down on a Sunday night, and watch people sing and dance and make Pretty a little outfits. fun. And, and now it's it's you know everything. Everybody's fucking Marlon Brando. Who who do you think? I agree with you. Who do you think would be the ideal Oscar host? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I think I, Louis C.K. I think Louis. I think Louis would be fucking tremendous because he would probably do something like a song or a dance. He would do something out of the box and learn how to do it and then do stand-up and be, you know, uh, talk about... Uh, Wouldn't Amy, Amy would be perfect, no? I think Amy would be great, too, yeah. That'd be amazing, yeah. I think, I think, I think Michelle would be good. Because okay. Amy would no, be... No, Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it is an interesting thing, though, of like, you know, who who's kind of the best... I wonder what they're thinking for next year. I bet they've already signed someone up, I right? guarantee no, they're... I, I, mean, I bet they will not sign someone up until... I bet no one will agree to do it until after the nominations come out. Oh, my God, that's true. Because I don't think someone wants to be in this position that this was this year. <sighs> like... Maybe they could get one of the blue collar guys to do it if it's the same again. Get her done. Get yeah. your Emily. Get her done. Oh my done. god. Get get, done. Who's that cable guy? Yeah, Larry. Let's get him involved. Yeah. yeah. I, I also think like the I think Louie would be great. Louie would be fantastic. I think, I think because he has a way of saying fucked up shit. And I don't know, people just don't people, he kind of gets it in there and it's honest, it's real, and he, but it's kind of funny and But then I I really take that point as well about the turning up and doing a little bit within it yeah. it's a lovely thing to give people a bit more space in that award show to go look you need four or five of those people just to come on get Louis to present an award and he's super funny but tying the whole evening together if they go obviously if they get Jimmy Fallon that's there's more song and dance going on there and the whole show and the whole kit and yeah. you can perform with someone and, and I like the show and dance though but I'm gay so 
But yeah. I think there you is. <laughs> what, what Robert said, though, there is something sometimes to like if there were just those jokes were sprinkled, I think they, it might have been more powerful. Like at a certain point, you're just you hit like maximum saturation with the concept. I was just like, I get it. What the fuck? I just want to enjoy. Can somebody can somebody yeah, sing a song that makes me cry? <laughs> and then Kelly they, Clarkson, please come out and with sing fight, a song. Ended with "Fight the Power." Did you hear that? Ended with, yeah. with "Public Enemy." Anyway. Yeah. yeah, but so even but fucking I, 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 Lady Gaga, it's like I know. Oh, well, fuck. We're, we're almost out of time. If Lady Gaga, sorry, Lady Gaga, I I like I, I like bringing awareness to sexual assault and things like that, but I. She did it with such a fucking self-importance that was like, look what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I'm so, I was just like, oh, this up? isn't about you. <laughs> like, yeah. You, and it Joe Biden coming out. But it's like, you have, but the Oscars became a place for people to fucking, you know, this is what I believe look, in. It's like, people what who, the fuck? People who bring attention to causes often do very, very important work. However, the psychology of people who bring attention to, co attention to cause, I think is very complex. Yeah, and very often, it's quite a bit about themselves and wanting, for whatever reason, and wanting to somehow well, you know, be admired. we're talking about fucking movies. We're talking about acting. No, we're talking, talking, talking about Lady Gaga. Yeah, but we're talking about pre 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 pretending at the highest level, and it's like all of a sudden, it's like everybody's... <laughs> pretending at the highest level. I think that would maybe take some of the... Take some of the pretense out of the awards if they called it pretending at the highest but level. I mean, that'd be a great name for a DVD or something yeah. or, or a special. This guy is one of the best pretenders. He's pretend this I guy. Mean, this guy was not attacked by a bear. He pretended he was attacked by a bear, and he's the best at pretending he was attacked by a bear. He is pretending. He, you would think if you watched him in this thing, yeah. he, you would think he was attacked by a bear, yeah. and then he made it. You know, but he, he didn't. Yeah, but made he up. Was, no, absolutely. As soon as he got attacked by a bear, somebody ran over with a hot chocolate and some marshmallows and gave <laughs> yeah. it to him. What you could right. not see yeah. was the four supermodels standing just to the right. Yeah. Do you have any, want to leave us with any uh, commentary on American politics going on? Uh, uh, <laughs> you I'm, I'm going to run as an independent, I think. You're, I would like to, I don't want to, I don't want to give Donald Trump a hard time. I know a lot of comics are giving him a hard time. I'd like to see a birth certificate. I want to <laughs> see that he was born in this country. I, I, I know that he's been to Hawaii. There's photographic evidence of him being in Hawaii and... Well, I don't know. No, but wait, what, I don't as, know where his father's as, from. As, as, a, as a Brit, do you look at, him, at America and you saw, you saw all the insults going back and forth, uh, yeah. right? I mean, do, do, how, how do you process that? Nothing like that happens in England, does it? Yeah, no, exactly. Prime Minister's Question Time, it's every week. They, every, they, every personal week insults we like that. that? Yeah, every week. That, that every makes week. me feel it better seems, somehow. It seems like a healthy part of the, the debate. You know what? If you're going to run the most kind of important country in the world, I think being able to take, take an insult here or there, probably not the worst training. It doesn't. It, it doesn't seem like when they go. It's not. It's not nice. He said a mean thing. Yeah, you're gonna have to deal with Putin if you get the job. Yeah, exactly. And, and Putin. All right. So I'm. I'm, that's just, I'm. I'm surprised at that take. The the final thing I wanted to talk. We we're a little bit over time. Is that Michelle had said some interesting things to Decidedly. me about um, this whole aspect of female comics and hiring more female comics and here? No, I'm sorry. Did that come out? Did that come out? I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. No, but I think because I think. Wait. I'm no. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wait. What? What was your? Well, you. That I, I, if I recall, that you resent even being classified as a female comic, and that you don't. You don't think that female comics are overlooked because they're female. And then stop looking so good. We, let me, let me, let me, we get emails. The most common email I get every week is complaints that there's not enough women Listen, on the lineup. What would be worse? Constantly. A bunch More of women, women on, on the, the lineup, lineup that were <laughs> shitty or right. just good comics? 
I mean, it's, it's a weird thing. The you can't thing you have can positive do... discrimination in comedy, can you? Because no. as soon as you put someone up on stage, if they don't get laughs, it's it's the worst thing you could have done. Yeah, That's right. and the worst thing you can do for women is put an unfunny woman yes. in the spotlight. Yes. Because then people just go, look, women aren't funny. Yeah. And, and the like, the more time you spend complaining about it, the less time you're writing jokes. So just fucking put your head down, write a joke, and work. I don't know. Sorry, I'm also very cranky. I haven't gotten a lot of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't you don't feel any sexism in the business? I every for the most part, I have been helped so much by male comedians. I have ones that recommend me for things all the time. That's how I got to work on the Oscars. I have male comedians all the time that are just. They're so supportive and so nice. None of them hit on me. You know, like it's like well, I, it's, well, it's uh, like nice not, not over. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's like it's like it's not. There's I never feel. I only ever feel supported, and you know, even this stupid guy. <laughs> yeah. No, but you could call it comics and comics. Even we don't. If you're funny, you're funny. It just goes down to that. Yeah. If you're funny, you're funny. It doesn't matter. What you are, what you do on stage, if you're funny, you're funny. That's it. And funny knows funny. It really does. It's, you know, Michelle's funny. Everybody at this table's funny. Everybody at this club is funny. And we, and we, we know that, too. We walk in. Right. So, so all right, I, I that was, a, I mean, what she said about women comics, that was pretty, that was, that was well said. There's I not mean, women comedians complaining to you about that. It's, it's yeah, absolutely. There really? Are women no, comedians. there are women comedians, but they're not funny women comedians. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. Shit, no, you <laughs> did. We'll be right back on Raw Talk. I think my father. Women ain't funny. <laughs> Next up, Jimmy Carr. That motherfucker is T simple from England. Didn't my, didn't my father and Laura Keitlinger get into a big fight years ago and they started screaming at each other? And he and my father says, "Cause you're not funny." You remember this story? <laughs> no, I don't. But I love your father's impression. You, you make him a real Jew. He's not funny. Fuck your father act like that. He's impossible. <laughs> I'm not impossible. I do characters. I get, get, get. Are we the first people you talk to today? No, no, no. He, 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 too he, many people. He is loquacious. I mean, he really, he right, really. Say loquacious again. I'm gonna hit you with this fucking raw dog microphone. I'm so tired right now. I, I was supposed to go. You know when I go on your podcast. When I go on your podcast, yeah, you're very you're very tired and you you're very I, loquacious. If I, if I sense you want to you talk, I shut up because I know you're the host. I never talk over you. I never interrupt. Yeah, I'm way funnier than. And you. I want to thank you for doing the same thing on my radio I show. I did, didn't I? I didn't I? I never. I didn't I talk like over it, you. I don't like it when mommy and daddy fight. <laughs> I think. No, no, look at me. Did I talk over you? No. Uh, he was pretty good. Today, I, I, I think I have to go You're on stage okay, we, have, now. we have to finish yeah. up. We have to finish up. Jimmy, I... I, I pleasure. You don't have Thank to do you. this. I, you can I, just take it off. I, I, hope you're o I hope you're okay with this <laughs> show. I liked it. Um, and uh, I really, really appreciate you. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, man. The fucking amazing yeah. Jimmy Carr. I'm joining in. I'm, I'm, I'm his, all for me. I, I really appreciate you bending to Esty and, and coming on the show for us. Thank you. I'm for, I want to come to England and hang with you. Jimmy do Carr is also one of the smartest... Do it. Yeah? be fun. Hey, I, you do I'm, very well, I feel. I love Jimmy. You, you may be the most well-informed guy I know. You know, oh, you know some, yeah. he knows something about you everything. You know a lot of dumb people, though. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. Fair. That's, that's, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's, yeah, you have a good point. <laughs> also fair. Okay, Sometimes okay. you have to embrace who you is. Thank, thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> good night.